Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. (laughs) You could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. (laughs) It's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and you know we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there, and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights, or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is is eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you by Brad, Sean, and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Ken Mansfield on, talking about the Beatles' rooftop concert in all its glory. Next on The Best Of.
I just want to make sure we're back. Hard yeah. to tell. I have a. I could. I could sing all the songs from the new Mary Poppins movie. I have them all in my head because I've been listening to the soundtrack on repeat. Just been full of sugar. No, the new one wasn't in the new one. No, it wasn't. wasn't? No. Why? Because that's that. the old you watched one. it, Tom. <laughs> you saw the movie. <laughs> oh. Wow. I didn't know it wasn't in it when I watched it. Well, let me. Just, well, that was true. Yeah, we had a bad day. Let me just tell you, I was sitting back while watching the movie, thinking my wife was going to beat the piss out of the guy yeah. sitting next to her. You in guys, the theater. you guys should have kids. You should watch it again. It's on. Um, uh, oh where did yeah. I see it? Amazon yeah, they Video, said it was I think, or something. Yeah, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Or on yep, iTunes. Like yeah, you can already watch it at home. You should watch you it. You guys again. watched it. Did you watch Stan and Ollie yet? No. Haven't seen that. My, Stan. my daughter oh, and I went God, to see uh, Green Book the other night. How that was that? It was terrific. I wanted, to, great. I wanted to see that really bad, but never got to it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. What's the screener that you got with Emma Stone I've never heard of? Yeah, it's Maniac. Do you guys know a movie oh. called Maniac with Emma Stone? Yes. Did what you guys that? watch well, it? No, <laughs> no, he just got I, the screener. Yes. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I wanted to. It looked... Yeah, it wasn't really well... Uh, Received. No, the no, maniac advertised. It wasn't well advertised, but yeah, I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw a trailer for it. Do you know what it's about? I do not, but I remember seeing a trailer for it. Is it a maniac? Is she in everything? About a maniac. Emma Stone is in everything. She's she's hot right now. She seems to be a good person though. Like she doesn't stir up any weird crap. Crap. I don't even know if she's smart. I don't even know if she's on, um, like... Drugs? Oh, my God. In <laughs> social media? Uh, yeah, social media. Oh God. I don't know if she's on any of that, because I don't... I don't know. I never... S- oh, Maniac, that horrible show. Oh! We got a review here. <laughs> it's terrible. It, it, it kind of is. It's a movie. It's a, what? It's, it's a miniseries. Yeah, it's a miniseries. It's not a movie. I did not... Oh! Like it. It's I didn't so know that. bad. Yeah. It's so bad. Is it? Don't watch it. The, right. Yes. You're I totally... Yes, I, I have a it's mini series you should watch, Tom. I, I don't know. I don't can't remember if I told Catherine about this. It's on Nat Geo. It's called Valley of the Boom. Yeah, we said, did watch the first episode. What'd you think? Uh, you I thought it was boring as hell. You weren't blown away. Oh darn it! I don't like those people. That's the Doug. The problem I have with it is I don't like those those Silicon Valley people. I think they're the most arrogant pigs on earth. Well, yeah, oh. that's true. So but Andy, other than you'd that, be interested in it. It Valley has to do with. <laughs> Netscape rise to power and now how they get crushed by Microsoft and it's an interesting blend of actors and then the real people that were involved so it sort of Mm. cuts back and forth oh Dan was talking to me about that and he was like Andy should watch this so Andy and I can have our own Valley of the Boom fan club perfect there you go. No, I uh, I find it fascinating. I thought, it, you know, the fact that, that there were people pushing the real smart people for money, 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 money. There were money, 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 money people. And then there were the very intelligent people who wanted to make sure that the product would deliver on what they promised. And uh, the money guys generally won out. There's, yeah. There's a brilliant scene, I think, in the second or third episode where a six-year-old black girl explains the math behind IPOs. She's just awesome. What? So here's what happens, mm. and these people are really getting screwed, and this is why, and so it's, it was it was a pretty good. Ken Mansfield is on the phone. Ken, how are you? Nice talking to you again. I'm fine. Glad, glad to be I'm here. Glad, 
Well, it's nice to have you on the show. There are many people. We got we have a musician in the uh, studio. Uh, he's not a bad guy. He's a, he's okay, Ken. No, he's a, he's a good friend actually. Ken Mansfield. The, the book is called "The Roof: The Beatles' Final Concert." He was there. Apple Records former U.S. manager. Ken Mansfield takes a touching and comprehensive look back on one of rock and roll's most significant events while bringing an insider's perspective to the days leading up to those 42 fascinating minutes of the Beatles' monumental rooftop concert. Ken, I just uh, I talked to you a few days ago, and I just absolutely love talking about it. I'm so glad yeah. you joined us here as well. And I'm going <laughs> to kind of turn this over to, to Doug because yeah. Doug is very excited. He got great question. Well, I you know I don't have qu- I, I do have a couple of questions actually. So with the whole 50th anniversary, I realized I hadn't seen the movie in probably 15 or 20 years. Is it available anywhere other than on eBay for like a hundred dollars for DVDs? It doesn't seem to be streamed <laughs> anywhere. It's it was very curious. Just, I, I have no idea about this. This is the most mysterious, elusive film I've, I've ever seen. So I'm kind of like you. I saw it a long time ago, and I see clips you know, here and there once in a while, and, and I guess bootlegs. Are, I have no idea. It's so odd. I am very excited, though, that... Uh, yeah, and I'm very excited, though, that they're going to... Um, my understanding from yesterday, in the middle of everything, that uh, Peter Jackson is going to do a whole new thing with it, and they're even going to mm-hmm. also redo or re-edit or bring out the original so all of a sudden it looks like we're going to be everybody's been waiting for that i've heard a hundred thousand times over these last few years that yeah there's going to be a new version so but, i mean it's exciting because it's <laughs> my, my memory of the movie is kind of twofold the the majority of it is actually kind of hard to watch and it's sad because it's it's almost you know, shows the Beatles falling apart. And in the last 25 minutes, it's like, yeah. this is why you guys were a great band. You were a great live band at one time. Yeah. I mean, they just all fall together. They're having fun. They're freezing their ass up. But it, so- it sounds great. Well, you know, that's a special day. And uh, if I can describe that in a way about what you just said, is when they came up on the roof that day, uh, my understanding is, I mean, I, I saw them just before they did because I had to take a message them in the office they were using as a, a room to get ready but they seemed very tense in the room but i thought they were just kind of nervous about just doing it again you know but my understanding is that when they got at the door to the roof that they still hadn't decided if they were actually going to go out there wow. and then finally john said let's uh, okay screw it let's go we got to get the footage or something like that and they came out and they came out there with a lot of tension and dissension and all this stuff going down but when they started playing, and I'm sitting, you know, four to six feet away, when they started playing, uh, I saw this face, a look on uh, their faces. John looked at Paul, or Paul looked at John, and was like, hey, yeah, this is us. This is who we were, it's who we've always been, and it's who we are right now at this moment. Forget the bad stuff, doesn't matter what's going down. We are a good, live rock and roll band. And they started doing a show, and it's just, wow, the mood up there just changed, and the it was sensational. It was like they were back at the cavern or something. They were just rocking out and John throwing out one-liners and stuff. And uh, it was a, an exceptionally special moment. And I'm kind of rattling on because it's like one, one, one single comment to what you said. But, uh, there, uh, there was uh, such a, a, a thing happening when they were doing that. And this was another day at the office. This was not a big deal that day. It's just like there was always something going on in the building, something crazy. They were always doing, you know, like that. And we just thought it was another day at the office. But about halfway through that set, I started getting this feeling. 
you know, and I realized that what they'd done is by recognize that, recognizing that in themselves, I feel like they actually needed that. They needed to touch on, you know, each other again in that manner. And I think as the fact that it was the last time that played, and they uh, nobody knew that. None of us were going, oh, gee, this is the last time, and oh, they're going to break up and all that. It was just something I really think they needed, and I wrote in the book, if I could quote myself, is they went up, went up on the roof without a sound check, but they went back down the stairs with a soul check. <laughs> That's great. I, I do have a question for you as somebody that was there. Can, okay. Is it possible that Billy uh, Preston could get all the credit? He seems like the nicest guy in the world, and even if you're in the Beatles and you're mad at each other, if Billy Preston's around, I think he'd have a good time, wouldn't you? Well, that is the whole purpose of Billy being there. That's why George brought him in the first place, and you're right on every single thing you said, is the fact oh, that he was a calming effect. Tom, they Tom, can I have a clip of this? I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, he was an incredible musician. They, they respected him, and, and uh, it was a really special thing. It was, I think without Billy there, the whole thing would have been very different, you know, in the studio and on the roof. I have to make a, a very quick comment here. I was talking to Ken Mansfield a few days ago, and I pointed out to him that uh, Catherine, who's here with us, and Andy, our son, is Hello. here with us as well. But our 29-year-old daughter, who will Hi. be 30 on Saturday, Ooh. I brought her up, and Alex is a huge Beatles fan. I am indeed. Uh, uh, that's great. Yep. You're, among many, you're among many millions of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm in good company. What about... What about the Beatles did you love immediately, Alex? Uh, I, I should mention to Ken that first grade, the kids were asked to bring a, 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 a song to school with them in first grade at her school. And the kids brought Wheels on the Bus Go Round and Round, and they brought all the kids' songs like that. And Alex brought in I Am the Walrus. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. Yep. It was my jam. That little six-year-old girl. It, was, it is your dream. At least you didn't bring in Revolution Number Nine. Yeah. Right? Oh my God! Being rehab, yeah, scar so, the kids for life. So terrible. <laughs> I have one final question, Ken. I'm sorry for hogging uh, all your attention. Okay. But was oh, were no. they having a bad coat contest before they went on the roof? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Lennon's got this furry thing on, and, and Ringo's wearing like a raincoat. He almost looks like a perv. It's like, what, where did you, did you yeah. get this? These aren't actually your clothes, are they? This is some sort of a joke. You know, they should write a book about the coats on the roof because uh, there's been a lot of, I've had, had a lot of people ask me about that. I've got the white coat, which, you know, I ran out the last minute and just grabbed the first coat, so that's why I lucked out in having a white coat up on a, 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 you know, a roof with a bunch of black clothes. Uh, John and Yoko, those two coats that they had on, on up there were coats that interchangeably, interchangeably they would wear. I've seen other pictures, you know, before and after where they're wearing, one's wearing one, one wearing the other. And I think John just snagged the warm one of the two uh, that day. And then uh, Ringo grabbed uh, uh, Maureen's coat because uh, it was warmer, I guess, than what he'd come up there with. And George did dress for the occasion. He was the only one that came up there, you know, uh, dressed warmly. And then I'll never get over Paul just showing up in a suit. No no coat, no nothing, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was the day of the coats. All right. Uh, it's, a, it's just wonderful looking at it again, and it is it is odd that the that the film is not available to watch because it is a wonderful thing to watch. Yeah. It's uh, the whole thing, yeah. the, the whole idea was great, and it. Uh, our family, all of us, all four of us are Beatle fans, and and I 
The Beatles have been around since I was 11 years old. Just absolutely love them. And here we are all these years later, 19, what, they, they broke in America in 64, Ken, is that about right? <laughs> well, that's the first tour of America, yeah. And, of course, they've been together, yeah. you know, years before that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. That's amazing. Somebody's getting no, old isn't. here, and uh, it might be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can. Think you and I might be getting old, pal. Yeah. It, it is absolutely true. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> how did you? So you were picked to be. How, who picked you to be to represent the, the Beatles? Pretty much uh, as an American. Uh, I pretty much think it was. Uh, my understanding was mainly Paul and Ron Cass because you know I had I had worked with the Beatles before, and then um, when the Apple thing came up, I, I spent quite a bit of time with with uh, Paul and Cass before they actually made the actual selection of me. So. Uh, I think uh, my understanding was uh, Paul and Ron that made that decision. You know what's great about it, Ken, is your 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 love for them is still very very apparent. And I'm and it, whether it's the Beatles as a group <laughs> or the individual people or whatever, it still comes through in your voice yeah. how much you admire them and loved working with them. I really did, you know. And I saw only the the good thing. In fact, I accused Ringo of once of them always uh, acting like really good people around me all the time, you know, and they, they probably, I'd say, I'd leave the room, and then you guys probably rocked out and did something else. <laughs> but Ringo said, oh, yeah, Ken, we didn't have anything else to do when we were that famous, so we just would sit around trying to think of ways we could impress you, you know. <laughs> but I did. I saw the whole thing. That's fantastic. And, uh, we have I, can about- tell about, I can tell you guys could, could, could see Ringo doing that. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I'll close with that, Ken. Uh, I think I mentioned this. I'm not sure, though. Uh, Ringo called into the KQ Morning Show, the show you were on just the other day, and we were talking to Ringo, and the line went dead. And I went, oh, man, Ringo's on the, on the show, and the line goes dead. He's in London. We're in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, we talked for about 10 minutes, and the producer said, Tom, Ringo's on the phone. And I said, what? He called the request oh line God. just to make sure we could finish the interview. Oh, my gosh. That's Isn't great. That phenomenal? I'll never forget the first time he called my office. Yeah, he, he would call, you know, stun everybody that picked up the phone. That was very Ringo-ish, too. You know? <laughs> and and my, my wife answered the phone the first the phone the first time, and she said, who am I say is calling? <laughs> when Ringo started on the phone, it was pretty easy to tell, you know. Yeah. Richard Starkey, that's cool. Ken, great talking to you. I hope we do stay in touch. The Roof, the Beatles' final concert is the book. Yes. Ken Mansfield, the author. Ken, thanks for your time, sir. Thanks, thanks guys. It was fun. Bye. Absolutely. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. In the town where I was born Lived a man who sailed to sea And he told us of his life In the land of submarines That was Ken Mansfield on The Best of Coming up next, Ian Lara shares some of his gambling stories. Next on The Best Of. See what Cassie's doing right now is I'll play anything but R and B. Wait a minute, Cassie. Is our, this is James Ingram. 
Wait. Oh, is it? What song is this? It's called Yamo Be There. <laughs> oh, Yamo Be There with Michael McDonald. Yes. <laughs> I still love the way he sings like that. <laughs> you have the best Settle Michael down, McDonald Michael. impression ever. Honestly, well, that's how he sings. I mean, I like them, but it's an odd way to sing, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> now, every time I, I hear him, I just does. crack up laughing. <laughs> Well, remember when they made fun of SCTV? Yeah. Uh, 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 Ian, you're probably too young to remember. SCTV was a Canadian, actually it was on before Saturday Night Live. It was Saturday Night Live kind of copied Second City Television, SCTV, up in Canada, up in Toronto. And it was hilarious. Rick Moranis, I believe it was Rick Moranis, did an entire, uh, entire video uh, joking around. And he would, he would be singing... He trying to do, do his, let's say he's got some chores to do. He go to his chores and then he go, Michael, Michael, get in here. And he come walking and he go, a long way to go. And then walk out again. <laughs> it was very funny. Really funny. Okay, be thankful today that you are not this person because this might be the, maybe kind of just uh not really in touch with reality. A Canadian woman had won the lottery. She won a $50,000 lottery. Technically, she had. Uh, the unidentified 33-year-old woman was arrested in St. John's, Newfoundland. As she uh, she uh, tried to cash the ticket at an Atlantic lottery office, reports the CBC. The prize is $50,000, but the woman didn't get any money for it. It was good. She had won the lottery, but they wouldn't give her any money. Why wouldn't they give her any money? Stolen Does anybody know? Card. You got it. <laughs> she bought a lottery ticket with a stolen credit card and then tried to cash it in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh. Seriously, how how do you – I don't understand. How do you not understand? Money. That would have been like grand theft. Now, if you charge. steal Ooh. my credit card and you buy a lottery ticket with it and win and you offer to give me some of it, I will say it was not Ooh. stolen. Mm. Well, that's true. That's a very split. good point. Well, yeah, that works. In the state of Minnesota, you can't purchase lottery mm-hmm. tickets with a credit card. Well, you shouldn't be able to. No, that is weird. Cash. Oh, yeah. really? Yep. Or check. You use a debit check. card for it? Yep. <laughs> check. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> What is well, a check? Yeah, what is Can that? Is a debit card? I don't know. I don't, I don't think check? so. <laughs> yeah, what's a check? No, yeah, if you either. if you go up to the counter and want to purchase scratch-offs or, like, Powerball, yeah. it has to be, like, cash. It has to be direct money. It can't be, like, oh, a credit okay. card. That's interesting. Yeah. It is February 1st today. That means we have just... Uh, Let's see. We go well as we go through it. It's uh, the, the person who holds this ticket has 59 more days to cash it in. There is a person in America that has won a one and a half billion dollar lottery, but they haven't claimed the uh, claimed the prize yet. They did win. One person won one and a half billion dollars, but they have not brought the ticket forward. So, uh, and by the way, I think it's in South Carolina, so you don't even have to identify yourself. You, you can you can stay anonymous in South Carolina. So that's not it. They think the person doesn't know they won. Jeez. Oh. Or they lost it. <laughs> Tickets in a trash can. Or they somewhere. lost a the ticket. Mm. They lost their ticket. Yeah. Man. That would be, can you like, imagine how the pain. worst. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> would be, then you find it like the next day after it expires. <laughs> yeah. then it expires April 1st. April Fool's Day, I think it expires, which is really nice. <laughs> I know where all my but, lottery tickets are. Even the ones that didn't win? You do? Mm-hmm. I keep them just in case something happens. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen? 
don't know. Maybe they'll say this one was phony and this is the actual. Well, then don't let us interrupt your lunch. <laughs> See, that's that's called seeing the glass half full. He mm-hmm. keeps the lottery tickets even though they lost. That's right. Thinks they're going to make a recall. It just doesn't matter. Well, they might make a recall. You never know. That's true. I um I don't play a lot of I you think Catherine you think you, you and I should play more lottery tickets we don't ever play the lottery well this is something you don't know about me <laughs> oh god here we go apparently she does play the lottery but I owe fifty thousand dollars in lottery debt <laughs> that's right we're about fifty G's in the hole they're coming to, they're coming to break your legs because yeah. of my betting that's great uh, no I I there's an app now that you can um gamble on oh there is mm-hmm. yeah what's it called again piss away uh, your money that app piss away your money. It, it might be piss away your money <laughs> um something like god, that god what's this what's it called i haven't used it in a while because it's called you, bye bye money i don't know what it is anyway uh i put in like i don't know 500 bucks and yeah. i've been and i've been I've been using it, and I've 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 won, you know, like eighty-seven cents here, dollar oh, twenty-five wow. there. Sure. Oh man, I think it's my biggest it. win was, yeah, <laughs> my my biggest win was twelve bucks so far. Ooh. So I'm I'm thinking that it's not the best app for me to have on my phone. <laughs> twelve bucks. Keep climbing out the next sixteen dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's, I know, but you know, they got those huge jackpots. They're very hard to ignore. When they first, about? when they first introduced it, a guy won a million dollars like within the first week. Really? They really? To, they get the yeah. crowd to build up for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, they cheated. Yeah, You're the saying be- they cheated? No, that that's the best time to like to go to a casino when it fr- first opens or like any type of lottery because oh, really? because they need some winners. They they, they want yeah. yeah. Yep. They want I remember a casino opened up in my house near my house in Queens. And the first like few months, everybody would just go and they were like, "Oh, I won two thousand dollars." Everybody was just winning at first because they want the word to get out that you could sure. win. That makes total sense to me. But I love the fact that you said I had a casino in my house because <laughs> where I grew up, they did have betting parlors in people's houses on Saturday, Friday, and Saturday nights. About two in the morning, people go over there. Betting oh, that's parlors. Uh, uh, they did. <laughs> yeah. They did. <laughs> okay. You were running numbers in your house, Tom. That's different. Running numbers. That's exactly running the numbers. <laughs> That's different. Running the numbers out of the house. Yeah. Man. I had college uh-huh. college roommates who would run down to the because uh, we we lived in a neighborhood that one of the guys grew up in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that every Saturday they would run to the barber shop. It was like these guys always get oh barber shop. Yeah, it's like their hair never looks. Like, and finally figured out. Yeah, they were going to place bets. Yeah, no, yeah. Every in New York, that's like super common. Like barber shops. That's where you go place your yep. sports huh. bets. Yep, absolutely. And I what I love about black barber shops when you walk into them, they're always. This is always the line you hear when you first open the door and you walk in. Muhammad Ali whip everybody's ass. Like, you're still talking you, about Muhammad <laughs> You haven't went to a black barbershop since the 70s. It's changed, Tom. Sounds like it's been a while. Well, he also goes to betting parlors. They, they, have, so. yeah, they have new stars now, Tom. I, yeah. Okay, boy, look at the time. I'd love to stay in schmooze. <laughs> That's true, though. No, I don't. Well, Eddie Murphy actually, I think, took, uh, played on that one of his movies where he played That's coming to America. like six yeah. roles. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Coming to America. Coming to America. Uh, yeah, there you that go. was funny. But I think there was a guy was Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis whipped yeah. everybody's ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was like forty years after he was a fighter. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm in that. I'm in that crowd now. Ian, because of you, it's your fault. <laughs> but you know. 
But yeah, so so the, as we move on here, just uh, for all the kids listening, do not steal a credit card, buy a lottery ticket, and it wins, try to cash it in because you're going to jail. Come on. Yeah. Right? I don't understand why you would do something like that anyway, but such is life. Easy money. Jackpocket. That's the name of the app. Jackpocket. Yep, Jackpocket. They the did TV commercials about yep, that. Yep, that's one I've been losing money on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. That's great. Download, <laughs> you were right. If you have disposable income, download Jack Pocket and uh, yeah. lose all your money. <laughs> exactly. This is a plug. <laughs> I have a feeling like that. away your cash. It can't be legal. It is legal. Jack Pocket is legal. Yeah, it, it is. Sound very they, legal. they even run TV Not commercials down here, but in Minneapolis it is. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not legal down here? No, I can't use it down here. Oh, I didn't know that. But I had no idea. I thought it was part oh, of the Minnesota lottery. No, they mm, buy they buy lottery tickets uh, yes. like automatically for you. Basically, yep. it's basically like yep. an automate. Yeah. It just it just buys lottery tickets on mass, and then if they ever win, then you get the money. A negative percentage. Yeah, yeah, I believe well, so. Yep. Yeah, and you yes. can play your own numbers, or you can do a quick <clears throat> yeah. pick kind of thing on it too. So. I just given that the lottery is statistically designed to make you lose money, then Jack Pocket is basically guaranteed to make money, which the lottery uh, people are not happy about. Because it's basically like saying, well, this is our scam. You can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the lazy person's way of betting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That'll work for me then. So if you do a quick pick on this, they're going to give you a ticket that has already been quick picked prior Really? Uh, no, it's uh, oh, really? it's, uh, it's they randomize everything. I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it works, but it's a father and a son that own it. A dad and his son started the company Jack Pocket. I know that, but uh, do you know, don't you think at some point that they should put together a pot for people like me who've never even gotten one of the six numbers on any <laughs> ticket he's ever had? Why, yeah. Why don't they give me a prize? Well, Tom, I've never even gotten one out of the six. I think you're doing yeah, okay. I think there's other people right? on that line before you for the lottery <laughs> ticket. <laughs> You think so? Okay. Yeah, I'm taking a look well, around. I think you're doing okay. I think there's a few yeah, people ahead yeah. of you on that line uh, that need to hit the lottery. Tom, Tom? Well, you might be right. <laughs> if we're, we used to do shows at casinos for the radio station, mm-hmm. yeah. and if yeah. I was sitting next to Tom at slots, yeah. he would win. We always won. Oh, you're good we luck. always won. No, you would, I wouldn't win. Yeah. He would win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now we're going to tell you the great part of sitting next to JB at the casino, because he and I are sitting there once. There's this big thump behind us, this big boom, right? And they're like, what the hell was that? Turn around, there's a guy knocked out on the floor, right? No, so he apparently passed out. It was his wife. Oh, I thought it was him. No, it was his wife, remember? Oh, his wife passed out and, he, and it was yeah, laying and on they, the floor. And they asked him, what can we do? And he said, get me another beer. <laughs> he said, give me another beer. He did. What, what should we do? And he goes, well, give me another beer, will you? She, she apparently was so hammered, she passed out on the stool and fell over backwards. Oh, man. Like real, Get me real another nice. beer. Mm-hmm. That's old school. Table. The good old days when your wife could just pass out behind you and you could keep drinking. Now everybody gets offended. <laughs> yeah, no, it's offended. The good old days. <laughs> yeah, good old, just remember, Ian's 28 yeah, years 28. old. So the good old days are like yesterday. Oh. <laughs> That's very, very true. Do you, now, do you still live in Queens? Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, yeah, based out of Queens, New York. Um, yeah, just a couple minutes away from the city, about twenty minutes mm-hmm. from New York City. So that's why I spend most you of my time. You go through the Midtown Tunnel. Well, now you I love it, the Midtown Tunnel. I, you love the Midtown Tunnel. Why I is do. that? 
don't know. Why? I always, every time I used it, it was nobody in it. They must have heard I was coming. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm a good driver. Well, now they have construction. It's horrible. You take the bridge. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. So are there... I don't even know. New York's got upstate casinos, don't they? Yeah, yeah, big t- yeah. They got they got upstate casinos. Not a lot. They got a few, uh, and they got one in the Bronx. Just, There's one in the Bronx too that they do comedy. Oh, I didn't know that. Where? Yeah, it's Empire Casino. It's in uh, I forgot what part of the Bronx, but it's near Westchester, near the White Plains up there. Oh, it's up that area. Yeah, okay. Empire Casino. They got slots, and I think it's just slots, no tables, no uh, dealers. I think yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about now. Now, see, in Minnesota, before uh, the the, the uh, Indian casinos, the, see, I, I, they're still called Indian casinos. They're not called Native American casinos, are they? Tom, what are they called? Like I told you earlier, I'm, one day I want to host the Oscars, so I don't I don't see nationalities. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. You're I don't know what right. you call them. I just call them casinos. I don't know who owns casinos. them. Casinos. <laughs> they just but take in, my in money. Yeah. You could, yeah. You could play five-card uh, draw poker. You could do that in the state of Minnesota, but nothing else. And now you can do pretty much everything, I think. I think that's true, but I'm not a big gambler. Are you a big gambler, Ian? No, no, I'm not a gambler at all. Like, I, I, it doesn't give either. me a, a thrill at all. Yeah, me either. Nope. And, and the reason for that, I think, for me is I don't want to bet enough money to make it like fun if I won. So yeah, in other yeah. words, you're risking a lot of money because unless you win a lot of money, it's not fun. But yeah. then if you lose a lot of money, it's like, oh, damn. Yeah. But even like even with my friends, sometimes we'll make like a friendly bet on like a game or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah. and I win. Yeah. And I'm like, well, now I'm just taking my friend's money. This, is, this isn't yep. fun. Like, yeah. Now you have no money. I'm, I have to pay for you for whatever we do. <laughs> no, I agree. It, it, I don't know. Gambling, I don't know why that is, though, to tell you the truth, because... When we were teenagers, we had some, you know, we played poker once in a while. Not very often, but yeah. I just never had that deal. Gambling's never been attractive to me, and I yeah, don't know why neither. that is. But. Me neither. It well, never has. It's and it's funny because my family, like, they love the casinos. They love, like, the blackjack and poker. And, but not oh, really? Me. Yeah, they love it. You got brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got a brother and three sisters. I'm Lucky the youngest. Guy. I'm the youngest, yeah. Big family. Well, what do they do? Uh, my brother is in construction. Uh, okay. One of my sister is an administrative something at a hospital. My other sister, <laughs> she's something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she. And then my other sister is uh, a teacher. And then my other sister, she she works at an adult home. She runs an adult home for people with oh, mental sure. disabilities. Adult, yeah, yeah adult care. So yeah. do they come and see you when you're appearing in, in New York area? Uh, yeah, they, they've seen me. They, um, they've most of them have seen me. I think my I have one sister that still hasn't seen me. And uh, oh, okay. she better see me quick because the price is going up. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like it. we got to take a break. Be right back, All Tom right. Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Said if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know that when was to Ian Lara on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the oh, oh, all the way back to episode 204 with Brian Scalaro. Next. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. 
our very special guest on the Tom Bernard Podcast, Brian Scalaro. Hey. Brian, thank you, sir. Hey. Well, thanks for having me. Hooray. It's a great thrill. Hooray <laughs> <laughs> for everybody. Thanks for having me. I, uh, it's a pleasure. Well, it's wonderful having you. You know, we were sitting around uh, before the show started, and uh, Catherine, my lovely wife, said... Uh, That's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Brian Scalaro. This guy's like a big shot. I said... Well, yeah, he's a hell of a good actor. I mean, she goes, yeah, but I mean, he's been in every, he's been in like Mad Men, he's been in this, he's been on that. I mean, he's been Dexter. in everything. Yeah, I don't know what big shot, big shot means, uh, what I think it means. It, <laughs> you think? It, I've been on those shows, yes, but I don't think, uh, I wouldn't classify myself as a big shot. No, no, really not. Well, no. I mean, that's just humility, though, isn't it? Yeah, as we said before, it, it's, it's just, I, I guess I am a big shot. Yes, exactly. Cooler than ever. Let me yeah. tell you, I'm a big shot. I call Never myself been. a big shot, and I've never been on a TV show. So. Well, I think you are. Yeah, you gave off that aura when I walked in. Yeah, I tend to. I was like, all right, she, she's the shit. Remember that. I try to stop she's it. I try to stop she it, but I shit. can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been on some stuff. Mad Men and Dexter, I think, were the two, the two exciting things that people seem to uh, look twice at, you know? Yeah. Public Roll Show, uh, Sullivan and Sons. Stacked, Bob Sansevier this morning on the KQ Morning Show was having a fit that Brian was on Stacked. He loved Stacked. I was very flattered that he remembered that show. You know, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, a Pam Anderson and Christopher Lloyd. He just really, really uh, got excited, and that made me feel, that made me feel great. Because I don't hear that sentence. I haven't heard that sentence in years. You, know? you, you so, Italians. Yeah. I, thanks. I... Uh, I did love your comment, though, to Bob's end. So Bob is going, well, you should have been on Stacked longer. They should have kept Stacked on longer. Because... Well, Bob's from New Jersey for a few I, like, I don't know who that oh, is. Have you ever heard Bob talk? That is not Tom. Bob Sansevier. <laughs> I'm was... telling you, i got to tell you something. It's huge. H-U-G-E yeah, is pronounced huge. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> but anyway, Brian then pointed out uh, a fact about Stacked, the show that starred Pamela Anderson, that I didn't realize. It was right. a certain feature. Uh, about the show, what, what was that again? I can't you, remember. You, uh, the thing that people don't realize about uh, Pam, uh, you can't tell by looking at her, but she has really big breasts. No, <laughs> yeah, really? they're, they're like huge, but you can't notice it on TV. I've heard that they're real. They, I, I just, I would just stay away from. Them. They look like uh, heads. <laughs> like, uh, you ever see a Total Recall Quato? They look like Quato heads. Nice. <laughs> You guys know what I'm talking about. Did she knee you in the nuts after you said that? To no, her? no, no, no. She, she was very nice. It was a guy. I had, I, that was from, it. Was the guy who wrote a, a Modern Family, Steve Levitan, and Christopher Lloyd from Taxi was on the show. So it was like a, it was a fun. She was nice. She was really friendly. It was nice to have a job. Absolutely, no. nothing wrong with having a job. I miss I miss jobs. Well, yeah, I mean you you're a big shot actor. Yeah, so, I mean I guess so. Yes, I feel like one now. <laughs> yes. Right, this particular moment. Right, I feel like your family's texting. The, oh, no, that's got to be Alex. Be <laughs> Alex, would you stop doing that? I've asked you 500 times, do not text during the show. I'm saying that that humbles me. Thanks. You got there. You just threw me under the bus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really She's giving you, you should see the look Alex is giving. I'm really sorry. Right I didn't realize that was a big thing. <laughs> I was just trying to say this is why I know. I'm not a big shot. I look out in the crowd and I see hot girls texting, and I just know my show's over. I just, you know, the, the situation for me is that just two weeks ago we had Pope Francis on, and she, no, it's bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he looked a bit confused. I was like, what kind of show was that? 
<laughs> she was texting during that. She was she, she put OMG on the screen and showed it to Pope Francis. <laughs> it's it really laughed. embarrassing. OMP. Yeah, OMP. I can tell you that much. And I was posting oh, something to the Facebook. Thank you very much. Well, I was just you know, for this. working. I really feel working. bad that I caused the problem. You know what we're going to do now? Sure. We're going to refer to you as Uncle Brian because you busted yeah. my daughter for texting. I'm, I'm not a good guest for Thanksgiving. <laughs> really? I'm sorry. <laughs> Why would that be? No, for a few reasons. Obviously, I cause problems, and I like. I'm a big fan of mashed potatoes. Oh, I love <laughs> mashed potatoes. It's good stuff. You know what's? You know, I got to tell you, where you know, went to dinner last night and chicken fried steak. Oh, yeah. Something you like that? Yeah, I do like that. I do too. Yeah, but I only have it about once a year. You're right. Because I can put weight on. I'm just telling you. Okay. You know. So I had it last night, and I got it, and it was like all mushy. That's not right. Uh, why would it be mushy? That's well, it's chopped steak, right? No, it's, it's chopped not. up. Yeah, what is and then chi- fried? I've never I understood what chicken fried steak is. Nobody does. That's really okay. bad. That's that's cool. yeah, okay. Put yeah. another stuff so that it doesn't taste like steak anymore, and it's bad anyway. So it's, it sounds it's, terrifying. Well, if it's made properly, it's really good, because all mm-hmm. it is is a steak that's coated in the same breading they put on fried chicken. Oh. Okay. That's what it is. That's, I've never had it. That makes sense. That's it's great. It's delicious. I'd like a whole suit made of that. Like to wear it? Just wait for the boat. Wait, wait for the bus just bite off my sleeve. Like yeah. Lady Gaga in her meat dress. He's got his chicken fried steak suit. Silence Brian, of the chicken fried lambs. Brian Scalaro in his chicken fried suit. That'd be That's absolutely Brian Scalaro in his chicken fried suit. That sounds great. <laughs> but I, That's an so, album title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. That's great. That's exactly right. It's, a, it's very But uh, the problem is right. what you were just saying. That the, the mashed potatoes are the greatest. Everybody loves mashed potatoes. But when they screwed up the chicken fried steak, it screwed up everything. And then they, even the mashed potatoes weren't good, which pissed me off. Yeah, I can imagine. Where did you go? Uh, went to a place called Mayaku Lakes. That's fun. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mayaku Lakes. Nowhere in that name does it say something about food. Well, it's a very southern, very southern place. Okay. Yes. You know? You'd think they could get chicken fried me, steak, right? Let me tell you yeah. how southern it is. You'd think they'd okay. get anything fried, right? It's so southern that when we walked into the restaurant last night and sat down, the only black waiter there came over to me and said, Mr. Bernard, it's great to see you. <laughs> I'm apparently the only one that's nice to him. Wow. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh, wow. It's just one of those That's deals. a really like, southern restaurant. They keep the whole you know, image alive in there. <laughs> you would not like the way they stack up the napkins on the table. They kind of come to a little point. I thought you meant they were, they were like a swastika or something. Well, <laughs> I would I not like the way they do that? Well, it kind of looks like a KKK hood. Yeah. But no, I, it, but he did. He actually came over and said, oh, it's really nice to have you back. Uh, yeah, Derek, it's great to see you. But in any case, they, back to mashed potatoes, Thanksgiving, and Brian Scalaro. So, okay. How many weeks a year do you spend on the road? Uh, I try to not to go crazy anymore. I do like 20 uh, a year, maybe a little more. I just don't like... I, I love acting much more than stand-up because, like, nowhere when we were shooting Mad Men did a bachelorette party come in and start shouting penis jokes at me. <laughs> That's what every single comedian says when they yeah. come in here and they talk about, like, the downside of stand-up. They oh. always bring up bachelorette parties. They, they just want to hear... They First of all, they're really upset when they see me, and they go, oh, I thought it was a, a comic. I just assumed it was going to be a tall, good-looking comic and not a 5'10", <laughs> 39-year-old fat guy covered in hair <laughs> talking about his fat jokes. Where are the cock jokes? We came here for cock jokes. I have a blinking cock hat on my head. Will you please point it out? 
stopped. Why are you talking about your pants? <laughs> you know, I, we, it's, it's a nightmare. So I try to limit the amount of travel. And I don't, I don't like being in planes. I really don't like being in yeah, planes. Me either. I, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The thing for me is not, I'm not afraid of flying. It's not that at all. It's, it's I am yeah. trapped in a tube with yeah. 250 people. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Oh. And it's horrible. And you're, you're literally trapped. You can't do anything. Yeah. It's like, what happens if you get sick? What do you do? Everybody, you get, everybody gets sick. Yeah, I had exactly. a kid cough. I know it's cliche, but I had a kid coughing on my head the whole flight the mm-hmm. way here. And at each time, I did the quick turnaround head thing. Like, yeah. and nobody, the mother didn't pick up on it. Didn't care. Didn't, didn't. <laughs> yeah, whenever our family gets in a plane, we have, like, oh. wet wipes. And we wipe everything <laughs> down. We use, like, hand sanitizer. He'll hey, sometimes have, like, what? a dust mask on. It, it yeah. works. Like, oh, wow. we don't get, I don't get yeah. sick anymore. No one gets sick anymore. Know, when you wipe we... that stuff down, it's the only way to fly. I think we're, I think flying in Literally. a hazmat suit would scare people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't so care. Yeah, we get crazy looks all the time. People are like, what are you doing? Problem. It's like, okay, well, you're sitting in filth. I'm going to be clean. People would it's my think choice. That, people would think that one of my kids was E.T., though, if I had them in the hazmat suit, too. You know? uh, I thought he meant he was half Asian. What you, oh! oh nice. Was that bad? Hey, no. Was that bad? Hey, no. Uh, it's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. I, somebody actually made that joke a few days ago. I just, never mind. I'm sorry. I apologize. On the way down here, we get on the airplane, and I'm really, really tired. Right, I just want to take a little nap on the airplane. Just it makes the flight go so much better if you go to sleep and then wake up because you're not aware that you're on a plane. <laughs> yeah, just phenomenal. But so watch your headphones on this one. I'll try to keep it as subtle as possible. No, please. So I doze off. Yeah, I'm leaning up against the window and I'm sleeping, and Catherine is next to me, and then all of a sudden, right in the middle of this magnificent sleep, I hear. Yeah, so then I meet the two lion because we had. You really have to talk that loud on a goddamn airplane? Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I tell you what, I went golfing last week. It was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah they always much louder on airplanes than our real life. Oh, yeah, and he was Don Rickles hammered. was on the flight with you. <laughs> and they always talk about airplanes. So it's like I remember there's like an old lady behind me with her husband. It's like if you have to go, if you're gonna have the water, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom. If you go to the bathroom, <laughs> That's when, you know, that's when you have to flush, and then you come back, and then you're going to have to drink something else because you need to rehydrate. <laughs> I said, what, should I get something? Well, it depends on if you're thirsty or not. You should get something. And I was like, wow, they're still talking. They're talking just, just to talk. Yeah, that's, that's sad. Well, there's two people talking to each other at the same time, and they're not listening. Mm-hmm. That yeah. way I always get to, like a double... Conversation. Neither one of them picking up. No. But then I get revenge. I go to sleep and I and I snore. Oh. Yeah. So I get revenge. And I've been farting the whole time anyway. (laughs) Because maybe I shouldn't go this route. No, I like it. I'm saying, you know how in space, (laughs) whatever you want to do. Yeah. In space, no one can hear you scream like this and that. In in airplanes, nobody can hear you fart. You can just literally uh, be yourself. (laughs) <laughs> It'd be like being an Asian at an all-Caucasian party and the lights were off. Like, you could feel, like, accepted. You know what I mean? Nobody Finally. knows Nobody knows the truth that it was you. <laughs> Although I'm fat, so they're pretty much they know who it was. <laughs> you know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta tell you, I'm looking at you right now. Uh, you're yeah. not fat. Look at that. What are you looking at? If you're looking at the main page of the website, you scroll down to the bottom, there's a picture of me and uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Dolan Murray. And you can see that that's the way that I am at right now. You know. Still. Still. I'm saying I'm not hospital 
situation. <laughs> you know, but it's not looking good. It's looking like it's going to be no a hospital situation. No one's going to make situation. a documentary about your... <laughs> no, no, about how I couldn't how leave my house. How do you survive? Yeah. He couldn't make his spots because he couldn't leave his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had to take a crane. He does podcasts now. Tonight on A&E, ladies and gentlemen, my 600-pound Scalaro. <laughs> That show. You ever watch those shows, My 600-Pound Sister or whatever it's oh, called? So oh, sad. Holy yeah. shit. I try to... I, yeah, I don't either. I'll watch a Sanford and Son episode for the 80th time before I watch one of those. Yeah, I those don't blame you in the least. Well, they are. There's no question that they're sad. Yeah, like when they people are trying to say, pick out 2,000 calories, what you think is 2,000 calories, and it's like a table of food, and it's like, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one piece of fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Well, I mean, it's pretty much true that. Yeah, but I mean, that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that that I guess that we were talking about this a, a little bit earlier this morning. That uh, you know, when you then you said when you walk down the street, you look at a nice looking woman <laughs> when you're a little bit chunky. But you're you're at, at best chunky. But I, yeah. but I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to give the impression that nothing I mean, happens over here. I do okay. You meant that as a compliment. I, I just I do good for my, my weight class. You know? I, I find I, you a very attractive man. I thank you very know. much. You're at best. You did not I mean, mean it that way. I meant at, like at worst, but you can't say there to someone, well, at worst, you're chunky. So you say at best, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about sliding scales. You're very scales. average in every way. Is what I'm trying to say. I agree. But when you look at a, what were you saying? You said what I, are you saying what I said earlier? That when, when you look at a girl in, in Hollywood, I walk down my apartment building hallway, and there's all these beautiful women living in my building. And uh, like for me to pick up, a, first of all, as a fat guy, if you're picking up a girl, you got to meet them by yourself. You can't meet them with a group of guys. So. No woman has ever looked at a group of guys and said, I'll fuck the fat one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you meet them by said. yourself, usually while doing a job, like a comedy club or something like that. But uh, if I'm passing a girl in the hallway and we both live in the same building, she's not going to say hi back. She's not going to make eye contact because she thinks I'm going to say hi every time. I'm going to try to kiss her in the elevator. I'm going <laughs> to knock on her door with a rose and try to ask her out. You know? And we, I would. So, she's right. Touche, hot girl. <laughs> touche. She's got you figured out, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what I was trying to say. Well, no, are you are you a married guy? I don't know. Are you a married guy? I came close. Came close. I'm seeing. Okay. I'm seeing. You know. Uh, you know. I, I I I date. I try to date. So you were actually engaged at, at one point? No, not that close. Oh, not that close. Okay. I, I knew her name, and we. <laughs> I could see her window through mine. No, okay. <laughs> it just I, I was dating somebody for a while, and then the mother put the kibosh on that before we got to the next level. And it was it was like three four years, and then she was like, uh, no. I'd be interested in hearing how she put the kibosh on it, because that actually happened to me many, many years ago. Well, some mothers have a lot of influence, and if the, the daughter moved away from the family to another city, and you're the only link to her uh, staying in that city, she's got to play Operation Kill That Relationship and get the daughter back <laughs> right. where That's she true. feels like a mother again. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and, and so she... Uh, Disinvited me for Christmas, and, oh. and mentioned a couple of jokes I said at the table. You know, and uh, but really they weren't they weren't worth disinviting somebody. But that was that scared the daughter, and then <laughs> that's, what, that's what happened there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was Just a dog. Kidding. It was a dog. 
Actually, the dog did fart on the podcast. What a week ago. Oh, my God. She farts all the time, daily. She's very relaxed, so it could happen anytime. Tiny little dog. You'd think that nothing much would come out of that. It's it's horrible. Did it make a noise, or was it just uh, uh, dog farts? They're they're bad. Yeah, They're worse than woman farts. (laughs) Woman farts are horrible. That's true. All that soy and salad. I was going to say, is it all the fiber? Yeah, that's what it is. It's all the the care you put into yourself. Yeah. Why do we do that? That's very true. The reason I asked you about how she she split you two up is when I was 16 years old, I was dating this uh, this 16-year-old girl at the time, which was, I thought, a good choice, 16 to 16. Appropriate. Yes, it is. So uh, on about the fourth, I don't know if you could call it a date or whatever, the fourth time that I, I went out with her, her father answered the door, hmm. and he goes, uh, Tom, <clears throat> I have to ask you. And he had this really stern look on his face, by the way. Uh, it was not a friendly no, it was, face. Yeah, it was a business. And he says, uh, <clears throat> Tom, I've got a serious question to ask you. I said, yeah, uh, what's that, sir? He goes, I understand that you're Roman Catholic. Is that right? Oh, I said, yeah. And he goes, we're Lutheran. And slams the door in my face. Whoa. That's completely ridiculous. That's a true story. Minnesota is very, like, when I was growing up, that was the big rivalry, was Lutherans versus Catholics. Really? Yeah. Big yeah. gangs, man. Oh, yeah. It's like Northern Ireland. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say it's very killing. Irish. <laughs> well, just, there's some killing, too. <laughs> I don't know. But I just thought he came up with it as a bullshit excuse. That's what I thought. Yeah, but chances are he, he probably did. Yeah, I mean, you're the wrong kind of Christian. Okay. Yeah. You know, but basically, when, like, whatever people tell you, that's never the truth anyway. No, that's <laughs> You can trust your family and everything else. You're like, what is this guy really after? <laughs> well, yeah. and he probably knew. Yeah. You know, that is a problem. Until you actually have your, your own daughter, you know, until 24 years ago now for Catherine and me, but until you have your own daughter, you really don't understand that. It's like, really? Well, that's all it's ever about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's tough to handle. Yeah. Now, so so you don't have any kids? No kids. That's uh, very good. Yeah, I'm dating somebody, but no kids. Oh, you are dating somebody. Yeah, no I'd kids. like to hear about them. Uh, no, I don't, no, I'm good on that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, uh, never, okay, never mind. I, I don't like that. I, I don't. Uh, when I'm in something, until it's like we've been dating three years, then I can get to that point where I can talk about it. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't want you to identify or anything like that. Yeah. Well, Tom, actually, she, was, you want her address? <laughs> yes. She's very nice. Can I add her on Facebook? Is all I'm asking. She's not a Lutheran. Yeah, she has no face or fingers, so she can't do Facebook. It's that woman that got attacked by the chimp in Connecticut. <laughs> oh my! Oh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Well, you just said that's she what it was. No. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Now we know. Now we know. Now we know, now we know what it's all about. So. I, I do want to ask you when you how often do you audition for parts? Because you said uh, while you do enjoy doing stand up, that you love acting. Yeah, I love it. acting. I've always loved stand up. I mean, I wanted to do. I wanted to act since I was like in first grade, and then in fifth grade, I discovered Bill Cosby and George Carlin, and I was like, oh, yeah. I want to do that too, maybe. You know, so I do both. But I, I, you know, I audition like twice a week, once a week, hopefully. You know, but you go out for a lot of crap. You know, you go out for a lot. It's you got to go in because you don't want to upset your agents and you want to meet the cast and directors and do a good job. But you're like, I really don't know if I want this one. Right. I don't know if I want to be the fat guy in a bathtub in the middle of the woods with no shirt. <laughs> well, like that, why they not? wanted me. They wanted me to read for that once. I was like, uh. well, sometimes you wonder. You see these movies where it's like the role that the actor got was the 
fat girl that the hot girl you know like dumps a pie on or something yeah. it's yeah. like <laughs> well, why would you accept that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a little I, shallow hell I yeah. mean, you wonder about the one yeah. on that one yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I remember once one of my first auditions was literally for fat guy <laughs> and I said, I'm not comfortable. And the scene was the good-looking guy beats up the fat guy. And I was oh, like, nice. oh, man, do I really? I was like, I don't know. Can they come up with a fake name from John, <laughs> yeah, like John the fat guy? Yeah, Fatty, at least. We would have had a name. <laughs> These clips didn't sleep a wink last night preparing for this Super Bowl of an episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Ken Mansfield, Ian Lara, and Brian Scalaro. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.